Good morning, family. We're glad you're here today. Will you turn to someone and say, welcome to church. Make them feel loved. If you're a first-time visitor, thank you for being here. It is our honor to be a part of your family today. We hope that you feel loved and welcomed. Be sure that you check out the QR code on the bench in front of you. You can scan that and get more information and also sign in as a guest. And it would be our pleasure to get to know you a little bit better. Live streamers, thank you for joining us. We're sorry you're not here in our presence, but we're glad that you're able to join us online and we pray that you are ministered to today, even from a distance, but we hope you can be here. I have some awesome things going on I wanna make sure I tell you about. If you need prayer, we are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer and you can raise your hand, wave it around and someone will come around and give you a card. You can write down a prayer request and it would be our pleasure to lift that up in prayer for you. We want you to know that this house gathers each other together and one of our important purposes here is to make sure that you feel loved and that you feel cared about and embraced in this family. So if you have a prayer need, raise your hand and wave it around and we'll bring you one of those prayer request cards. The 21 days of prayer is going to continue until January 28th. Be sure you join us here in the evenings for that time. Also, I want to tell you about small groups. Small groups are listed online, and you can sign up for those out there in the lobby as well. So make sure that you go out there and check out the small groups going on or get online on the webpage and check out how you can be a part of our church. Small groups is an awesome way to connect with a group of people outside of this building and build the body of Christ throughout the community. On February 24th, could I hear a hoorah from all the husbands and wives who are going to attend our marriage event? This is going to be an awesome night. Be sure that you get signed up out in the lobby. That is going to be a great way to build your marriage. Once again, building this body of Christ together. It was my honor last week to attend a children's ministry conference, and I was so blessed to be a part of a worship with 2,000 ministers from around the United States and really from around the world to hear voices in Australian and African all worshiping the Lord together. And one of the things that we took time to do that really blessed me, and I want to do it with you here today, is that we would take our hands and we would pray with our hands out like this. So would you join me for a moment and raise your hands? There were many times throughout that conference when things did not go as planned. I was part of a planning team and as anything, the Lord stepped in in different times and he said, you know what? Could you let go of the plans that you have? Because I have some plans for you. And so we would raise our hands and in the moment of frustration or exhaustion, and we'd say, Lord, we give you these plans. They were ours, but they're not ours. They're yours, and yours are so much better. So as you approach this new year, think about how can you put your hands out and say, Lord, these were my plans, but they're not mine anymore. I give them to you, and you're going to make them so much better. So today, as we enter into worship, put your hands out and think about a plan that is in your mind that feels so important to you, but know that we don't see things as God sees them, and he sees so much bigger than we see. And just like a father cares for his children, he cares for you, even the little plans. He sees the sparrow. He wants to take those plans that you're holding on to, fighting to keep control of, and he says, put your hands out and give them to me. Lord thank you that you are the father of all things and you care for us and you love us so unconditionally and so completely and we open our hands to you lord and we say take these plans take these dreams take these hopes take these wishes take these expectations and don't 
limit them to what I think I need and I want, but give them an unlimited ability to touch people, to change the kingdom of God, and to impact those around me because you're going to take what I think are important plans and make them your plans. Lord, I surrender them to you. Lord, I surrender myself to you today. In Jesus' name, let's worship. Amen. Shout out. 
Free. 
up a well, spring up a well, spring up a well in me. Nothing, nothing can stop this door. No, it can't. We're dancing in the street. Oh, yes. Spring up a well, spring up a well, spring up a well in me. Break open, break open prison doors. communion today I was thinking about how whenever something special occurs we do something to remember it uh, to commemorate it you take Veterans Day for example you know we thank veterans for their service and their sacrifice and you know we don't always even have to wait to Veterans Day I mean it never gets old thanking a veteran for their service amen that never gets old. And so whenever we see one, hey, thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. Martin Luther King Day is celebrated tomorrow. We don't get tired of that. Hey, we, we remember the sacrifices, the things that people have done or great situations. Well, with that in mind, I can't think about anything greater than what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so I started thinking about communion from that perspective. You know, every time I take it, I'm remembering what he's done. I'm remembering the sacrifice. I'm remembering how he was beat beyond recognition just for me I make it personal (laughs) 
I, I, I think about the, the act of love that sent him here, that, that caused him to say, what makes me equal with God, I'm willing to set it aside to come here and suffer and die so we could have eternal life. I think that's something worth remembering. He even says, do this in remembrance of me. So church today, as you prepare for communion, keep in mind what this is about. We are commemorating, we're remembering, we're giving thanks to Jesus for the sacrifice he made. Anybody ever felt unappreciated or forgotten about? Or you feel like the, the, the sacrifices and suffering that you make, they go unnoticed? That's a terrible feeling. Well, I'm determined today, I'm not going to have my Lord and Savior feel that way. I'm going to let him know I appreciate what you've done. And so as we prepare, I think about this. He says, by his stripes, I'm healed. So if you're going through something today, just remember as you take communion, by his stripes, you are healed. If you're dealing with the temptations of life or, 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 or things are just a struggle or there's some people that are really challenging that you have to deal with. Remember, his blood, it sets you free from the power of sin. So guess what? You don't have to sin today. No, his blood has set us free. So if you're frustrated and go, man, this world is just changing and unfair things are happening and I don't know what to do, just remember this. Because of his blood, because of his dying on the cross, you have a right to eternal life with him. So whatever you're going through today, it's not to even be compared to what you will receive through Christ Jesus. So church, I just say today, be blessed. Be blessed. So we're going to continue on with praise and worship. But during the praise and worship, you come down and you get your communion. And when you take it, you thank Jesus for what he's done. Amen.
I put aside distraction and lay down all my cares. I give you my attention, God, make me so aware. And when you're near, like you are now, everything can change. There's no rush, you're welcome here to have your way. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want time to get in the way. I just want to give you the space to move in this place. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want to miss what you want to say. I just want to give you the space to move in this place. want to give you the space to move in this place. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want to miss what you want to say. I just want to give you the space to move in this place. And move. Come and move. Come and have your way. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Come and have your way. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us. In your presence we're undone. Come like a fire. Come like a flood, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us. In your presence we're undone. Come like a fire, come like a flood, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us. In your presence we're undone. Come like a fire, come like a flood, Spirit.
Come on, church, just worship him this morning with your own words, with your own song. Lord, we worship you. We magnify your name. Your hope, Lord. thing I desire, only this I seek, just its will to will to will, be and forever, and this will be my posture, laying at your feet, just its will to will to will, be and forever. Dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful as you are. Dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, one thing I desire. Only this I see, just to dwell, 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 heal forever. This will be my posture, laying at your whole feet. Just to dwell, 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 heal forever. 
Just worship him in this place this morning. Most beautiful, cause you are dearest father. You're my closest friend. Closest friend. Most beautiful, most beautiful, cause you are dearest father. Closest friend. Most beautiful. Most beautiful, cause you are dearest father, closest friend, most beautiful, 
every circumstance oh just take a moment come on begin to lift him up begin to give him adoration and exhortation for who he is begin to magnify the great God that we serve oh for he's not a God that he should lie father we love you we lift you up in this house this morning we declare your greatness oh hallelujah Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same with just one look. Come on. Everything changes. We're captivated. I'll never be the same with just one look. Come on. Changes, we're captivated. I'll never be the same with just one. 
moment today, God, and I just say a corporate prayer for us as the body. For those of you that have not been present in 21 days of prayer, this is a corporate prayer. This is where we join our hearts and our minds in one unit together, working one with another. And I'm going to set the pace, and we're just going to go. Prayer is not something that we do. It's something we are. It's a relationship. It's, it's, it's the proof. It's this, this working relationship with me and God, with you and God, with us as a community of believers in God. For one can put a thousand to flight, but two, poof. Think of what a body of believers can do. Is it possible that we have forgotten the power of prayer? Is it possible that we've forgotten the power of agreement, one with another? Oh, that we would know the power of the living God that lives within you and I. Father, we continue these 21 days of prayer, Father, for this is our time with you today. Father, we continue to abide in the vine. We continue to abide with you, and what flows through you is now flowing through us. Father, I thank you that you would deepen every believer's relationship with you today. Father, that commitments that have not been made to 21 days of prayer, Father, today that would change. Father, that they would see the need for a relationship with you. Father, sanctify us, oh God. Create in us a clean heart. God, as we draw close to you, sanctify us, God, from those things that are unclean. Father, for those of us that lack courage or strength, Father, teach us dependency upon you. For when we are weak, you are strong. Father, I thank you that you said that if any man or woman, or child, or teenager, would lack wisdom. God, that if we ask, according to James, you said you would liberally give it to us. You don't ration out pieces of wisdom, but you pour it upon us. All we have to do is ask. Father, illuminate your path to us. Remove blinders that have caused us to continue to stumble, or to be blinded by the things that we need transformation in our lives. Mother, teach us to love greater deeper like you let us be your hands and your feet your mouthpiece God move our hearts for what moves yours let us be pleasing to you father for we know that faith pleases you but God you are the author of that for you wrote it in place in our life but God you will also complete it in us thank you for that God that I might ride a good race and bring glory to your name Oh, but Holy Spirit, I pray that you refill us, top us off, and use us, God, to demonstrate. Use us to demonstrate your power and your work. Father, that this world would know that we are yours. Help us, God, to demonstrate miracles, signs, and wonders on our streets and in our workplaces, in our schools, oh God. Even in our college, that it would be. Father, for just one touch from you just one touch God we choose to obey today we choose to walk today in your way knowing that just one look can change just one look and everything changes come on believe today that just one touch just one ask can do that which you could not do 
from the service. We could just make it a prayer service, <laughs> but we won't. We need some word in us too. Amen. So I'm going to take the offering. We're going to transition out of that. Those of you that have not made 21 days of prayer, a commitment yet, or maybe you've been doing it at home. I applaud that you are doing it at home. And I know that some of your work schedules do not allow in the evening hours, but for those of you that cannot come in the evening, there is Saturday in the morning from 8 to 9 that we join. And I'm telling you that we have testimonies that are coming unhinged. Literally, we have people's business that has went from a, a one place, and she said, literally, my business has quadrupled. Why did I not pray before? Why didn't I put the intensity on what was I had a mother speak to me about her child praying and another one and said, thank you for instituting prayer in our church because if it had not been for prayer, my boys come home and said I had the best night of my life while he was praying over other people's prayer requests. Now let me tell you something. You want to talk about a generation that serves. The younger generation is being transformed by prayer. And our lives are being transformed. Miss Linda just shared with me this morning, and I thought it was a good testimony of what God's doing. Linda, tell us what you felt through this prayer. What I have come to see, I told Pastor Nikki and Pastor this morning that this was one of the greatest, best 21 days of prayer they have ever had. Because when you come, and you begin to pick up those cards and you begin to pray one for another. That is the church being the church. That is the church, the body of Christ, being the body of Christ. That we pick up and we carry the cross for one another. You look around, you see, and even myself, weeping before God for the needs and the desires. Mm changing of hearts and minds that people are crying out that's who we are we're the body of Christ we're not our own we are his body and I am so thankful that this is teaching me more and more that nothing's about me it's about him it's about his body and I desire in my heart more than ever God, make me your body. Make me your church. It's beautiful. Thank you, Miss Linda. I challenge you to make a commitment if you have not. 
it's a beautiful time together, that's for sure. And I'll tell you, it's not hard when you have the right resources and you understand prayer. And that's what we're teaching you here while you're here for these 21 days as well. So I encourage you to do it. God is changing lives in these moments. Today I want to talk to you about giving and benefits of tithing and giving. And I'm going to be honest with you, we don't have all day. We only have five minutes, so I'm going to need to speed this process up. But I only have three for you today. And here's what they are, is that tithing helps put the first things first. When you make tithing a necessity in your life, it gives God that number one spot in your life above all other things. And it often has a tendency that it just doesn't stop in the place of finances, but it continues on that you realize, oh, in my marriage, I need to put him first. With my job, I need to consider him first. See, it, it goes all down. It goes back to one of the commandments when they were asking Jesus, what is the greatest of these 10 commandments? And he said, well, it's real simple. Love God first with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and then love others, love your neighbor, right, as yourself. And if you do these two, pretty much, you're not going to kill anybody. You're not going to lie. You're not going to steal because the first two took precedent to all the others, right? So just get the first two in place and all the others will fall into order. Kind of the same thing. Put God first in your finances and watch all the other things you struggle with just start falling into order. Number two, and that's Matthew 6, It says, seek ye first the kingdom and all the, in his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Yes, that means spiritual things, but it can also mean the earthly things that you need to do with what you need to do. Number two, giving and tithing proves your faithfulness to God, but it also proves his faithfulness back to you. It says in Malachi, prove me, test me, just see if I'll do what I say I'll do. But he also tells us in Luke 16.10 that if you're faithful with little, oh, I'm going to give you much. So it proves our faithfulness. God's looking to trust us with his stuff, just like we're looking to trust him about our stuff. It's amazing how he knows exactly what we need. Number three, it brings blessings so you and I can start the whole giving cycle over again. <laughs> It doesn't bring giving so that you can hoard it up in vats. It doesn't bring blessing so that you can take care of your earthly pleasures over and over and over and over again. I'm not saying it's wrong for vacation. I'm not saying if you want to drive a nice car, drive what you want. I don't care. That's not what I'm saying. Don't take it out of context. What I'm saying is, is if that's all you think about, that's not what it's for. It's for blessing for others to do his work. See, we're meant to be the pipe that he blows through. Can he pass his giving through you and to someone else to get done his purpose and his plan? Because if he can't, then you're not a pipe, you're just a bucket. That's all I got for this week. Maybe next week we'll go into three more. I try to encourage you in your giving. It's such a touchy topic these days. And a lot of us give God everything except our money. I give you everything but my wallet. That's mine. That's not right. So today when we tithe, let's recount those blessings and let's claim what he said is ours. Right? Let's put him in priority. 
so that blessing can be there and we can prove his faithfulness to us. And then let's tell of the blessing. Let's tell of his faithfulness because that's who deserves the glory. Father, we just come before you, Father, for it's tithe and offering time. And Father, we come today and we give willingly of ourselves. Father, as a man has purposed in his heart before he came. Father, for we desire to put first things first, and that means you. Father, for you gave us everything that we have. And Father, we want you to be able to move through us to do your purpose for the kingdom's work. Father, we give it to you today. Father, knowing that as we give, it will be given back to us, shaken down, pressed down, and shaken together. And Father, we prove your word. We prove it right now, God, that we can prove your faithfulness. God, and in return, we are faithful back to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The missions offerings for the globe. There's also three ways to give here at Only Believe. You can text to tithe. You can give literally in the buckets, or you can give online. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm so glad that I'm born again. I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm glad that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I know him as father and he knows me as son. I'm glad for the power of the blood and I'm glad to be here today. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to Ecclesiastes 4.12. Ecclesiastes is right after Proverbs, right before Isaiah. We're going to look at verse 4 and just a little part of it out of verse chapter 4 and verse 12 going to be talking this next five services about a three-fold cord. I'm going to be talking about prayer. I'm going to be talking about how to do it, how to do it successfully. There is never an answered prayer where faith is involved. And I'm going to be talking about fasting. And then I'm going to be talking about praise. So we are going to invade and discover what a threefold cord is. 
Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter and verse 12. And it says, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The threefold cord that the church, that the believer needs to be involved in, first of all, is prayer. Secondly, is the Word, a revelation of the Word, an understanding of how to use the Word of God and not just read it, skim its pages, but how to apply it. Because the Word of God is a living being. It is God Himself. We may treat it like the Reader's Digest. We may throw it in a corner. We may put it on the table to put our coffee on so the stains don't get through. But in reality, it is God himself. And we must never treat it like a common book. We would do ourselves grave injustice if we treat it as just a common book. And then we're going to talk about fasting. The word of God, prayer, and fasting. A three-woven cord that every believer needs to have it connected to their life. So the first thing we're going to start out with is prayer. Prayer is basically defined as three basic words. And so it includes all. It does include ask. It means to petition. It means to give up a request. But sometimes that's all that we use prayer for. And that will become very boring and very monotonous. So yes, it does mean ask. Because God is involved in the concerns of our needs and our struggles and his involvement in our battles. Secondly, the word means to confess. It means to agree with. It means to say the same as. And then the third meaning of the word prayer means praise. That means to make a declaration. That means to proclaim something about somebody and about their work or their ability. So prayer is made up of three words. It is made up of a request. It is made up of confession. And it is made up of praise. So we're going to go off of that premises of the basic meaning of prayer. The first thing, prayer, is a stone, a strong point, a focal point, a pillar, as it were, to the Christian's life. A life without prayer is simply a life that does not believe that God is available. But the Christian faith believes that God is an active God. That is not an observing God, that is not a critical and just a condemning God, but that he is a God that is involved in people's lives. Amen? He's not dependent upon man, 
but man is dependent upon God. And so prayer is one of the things that initiates this reality. People that don't pray, pray just don't believe that God exists. Now, I'm not talking to you about, well, I forgot to pray, or boy, I didn't pray today. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about a life that rejects the concept that God hears and that God answers. It is a daily act of living faith and fellowship. Jesus incorporated that thought when he said in Matthew the sixth chapter when the disciples said teach us to pray so we understand that prayer is a learning process you aren't going to be an expert at it overnight but it really is simple and it's not complicated remember that a child can understand a child asks a child trusts a child believes and a child waits because they believe in something. So we understand that Jesus incorporates these words to his disciples. This how is how I want you to pray. Our Father, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give us this day. That directs us to that prayer should be a daily activity to every believer. Amen? And we would say, well, you know, I don't have time, but really, we talk to people on the telephone going down the road. We text people going down the road, which I wish you wouldn't with me in the car. And uh, if you want to take your own life, fine, but I want to get to heaven on God's timetable, not on yours. And so we shouldn't text, but we do talk to people just going about our daily life. And so really, what is prayer? Prayer is the basis of our communication with God. It's how we talk to God. It's how God talks to us. And so you used it the first time you addressed God, when you called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God heard from heaven. You got saved. You were delivered from the kingdom of darkness, and you become a child of God. Prayer really is the creation of God, not of man. God has created prayer to be a guarantee. God has created prayer from his part that if you will call, he will answer. Now, that's pretty simple, isn't it? And if we just talk to God and stop making it so complicated, we could see great answers from heaven. We believe that when we prayed the very first time that God forgave us of our sins. There's no... Uh, argument about that, that God heard you. Is there? No, absolutely not. And if a sinner came to you and said, well, I, I, I'm not sure I'm saved. I prayed, but I, you'd say, straighten up, stop it. God heard you, and you've been saved. 
Jesus' blood has washed away your sins. Now, see, that's how simple prayer is in any facet of our life. We pray, we believe, we resist, and we stand. And no matter how long it takes for us to receive evidence of eternal life at the end of life, we still stand. And we guard that we have and we will dispute any claims that we are not saved, that we are not forgiven because we believe that prayer worked the first time. Well, just how skillful do you have to be in prayer? Not much. Our Father which art in heaven. God knows the intent of every thought, of every word before it's ever spoken. So really, God is more aware of your needs before you express it than you are before you prepare to ask. I wish my wife was like that. She is. Sometimes she'll look at me and say, don't even ask. (laughs) Praise God. Prayer is God's invention, but it's also God's invitation to you and I as his children. This is an intimate thing. It's a family thing. It's a family right and a family privilege. The Bible says in John 9, 31, 32, and 33, now we know that God will not hear sinners. Now, I know some people say, well, I prayed when I was a sinner. It was a fluke. Please, I'm not trying to insult you, but don't insult the boundaries of righteousness. And God said he will not hear sinners. But if any man will worship God and do his will, That's the man that God will hear. See, prayer is a family issue. It is the right of every son and daughter purchased by blood. And it is not a negotiation. It is an established living fact in the life of the believer that we ask and we receive. Amen? And so we understand that our invitation from God to pray is so that we can bring our burdens and our worries to him. The Bible said in Philippians 4, don't be worried about anything. But many of us find our hands wrinkled, scarred, torn, chapped, Because we're always ringing them. What should I do? What should I do? God has given you an invitation to live a life of peace. And that life of peace is found in your decision to live a life of prayer. A life of prayer. You know, I call my grandchildren every day. Really, every day. If I miss a day... I'm so sorry, but I try never 
to miss a day. It might be 11 o'clock at night, but I call each and every one of them, not just in a blanket call. I call each and every one of them and say, I just wanted to check on you. I wanted to tell you I love you. They say, well, I love you too, Papa. Well, okay, do you need anything? Well, no. You know, Quentin the other day uh, uh, missed the day of school, and uh, so I called him. I said, what do you need? Do you need a frappe, a uh, caramel frappe? Uh, what, what do you need? You need french fries, chicken nuggets, chicken necks? What do, you, do you need anything? No, Mom's got me all covered. I said, well, she doesn't do it. Call me. Because even though I'm not up to par, I can drive the car. I can spread this to everybody in McDonald's and make sure that you get your need met. That was an invitation. You know, if I'd have been him, he's just not arose to this place of wisdom yet, I'd have said, well, Papa, I'm a little discouraged, but if I had a new 9-millimeter pistol, I, I would feel better. And I'd have said, what kind? They said, well, that's kind of extreme. Don't you wish you were my grandchild? It is a place where we exchange needs for answers defeats and struggles for victory. Philippians 4.6, also Philippians 1.18, where Paul says, I know that if you will pray for me in this dark hour of struggle, where I know not what the outcome is, I do know that if you will pray and that God will supply his spirit, that it will turn this situation to victory. You know, the Holy Ghost is waiting to move on the behalf of others. But sometimes people struggle with where they are, struggle by the weight of their problems, struggle by the evidence that they're facing, the bad news they're hearing every day. But another believer could stir the Spirit of the Lord to break through and to bring victory on the behalf of another because it is a family issue. And so we see that prayer is a place of great exchange. It's where we can receive wisdom. Pastor Nikki brought that out when she said, if any man asks wisdom, do you understand how lacking in the wisdom of God that men and women are, we always lean to our own understanding, but there is a way that is not right to man, but in it is the way of life. And so we can ask God for wisdom. Wisdom, not even just wisdom resolve a problem, but wisdom when to do it and how to do it. Sometimes we don't need to do anything. Wisdom would say, could you please shut up? Nobody wants to hear these words, I told you so. 
Is it wise to say that? Only years down the road. But it may not be the thing to say when people are just licking their wounds out of their battle. But there is a wise way to do things and there's a wise way when to execute it and a wise way to deliver it. And we need the wisdom of God so that we can secure the unity of the brethren, one with another. So prayer is a place where we can obtain godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. Is it wise to say something or is it wise to be quiet? If you're married, you know that the latter is better than the former. Amen? I always use other people. Like I say, boy, so-and-so's wife did that. Can you believe that? Well, you aren't talking about me, are you? I said, oh, no, it's that other woman. Prayer is a place where needs are exchanged for provision. Hebrews 4.16, think of the power of prayer and think how much we have struggled to be our own God. A prayerless life is a life that really is void of the activity of God. But the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. God built the throne of grace because of prayer rites. And he says, come boldly in the, to the throne of grace in the time of need. Don't, don't come here when you're perfect. Don't come here when you've won your own battle. Don't come here when you're not struggling. Come here. When you face needs that you cannot meet. That's what prayer is for. Yet we are struggling. Yet we try to find our own way. We're trying to initiate the wisdom and the counsel of other people. But God is our answer. And then he says, and you'll receive in the time of need. Wow, receive. Prayer is not the place of negotiation. Prayer is the place of meeting needs on a divine level. Man, how God wants us to come. Come boldly. Don't be intimidated. Just come. You know, sometimes you think, but I've done this and I've done that. I've done. You think God is not aware of what you've done? He's more aware of what you've done than you and the devil together. But it doesn't bother him. I think most of our whining, crying, begging, you know, false humility and shame doesn't even register with God. We're just trying to feel bad so that we could get started again. Weaknesses are exchanged for strength. Jesus in the garden prayed and an angel came. 
You know, you may come to the end of yourself. That doesn't mean that you've come to the end of God's provision. I'm telling you some way, I was in a service uh, years ago in Perrysburg, Georgia. In four weeks, that church quadrupled its membership. They built a brand new sanctuary. In about three weeks, literally three weeks, they took enough money, hired men working around the clock. Three weeks I flew down to dedicate that new building. One of the first times that I was there, I was there for four weeks, but in one of the weeks, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to dance. Now, I realized it was an all-black church. I'm the only white guy in there. You're already intimidated when God says dance, but I started dancing, and all I had was the drums. And I danced, and I danced, and finally I said, that's it, God. One more kick, and I'm done. God said, just do the one more kick. And some way, I did one more kick, and all of a sudden, I became infused with strength again. About two hours later, I had not preached. All I'd done is dance in front of this black congregation. Now you know that white men can't jump, they can't sing, and they can't boogie. Well, I'll tell you what. I danced for like two hours, and all of a sudden I said, it's you. And I pointed to one lady, she came up, and her foot was about, her leg was about six inches shorter than the other. I prayed for that lady. Philip Walker was there. Craig Howard was there. So Craig was the second white guy. And uh, all of a sudden, God drew that leg straight out. That was the only miracle that night. There was no preaching. They did take an offering. That was on a Tuesday night. I flew back that next Sunday night to do the service. The pastor said, you ain't never going to believe what happened. I thought, uh-oh. The board has voted this revival done. And I said, what happened? He said, now you got to realize this church is an ex-Baptist church. And they asked me to come and be the pastor, and I incorporate and introduce the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He said, but these people don't dance. He said, I came in this morning before service. The whole place is packed and everybody's dancing. Now, I don't know how God uses a pale white face. After two hours, I'm telling you, I was so tired, but God kept giving me strength. What was I to say? Well, I, I'm just, forget you, I'm not going to do it. No, I just kept dancing. As long as the legs would move and the hips would sway, I was in. And you know, God blessed that revival. And God can give us strength when we don't have strength. Amen? Realize about Elijah, he outran 
a team of chariot horses. Now that's pretty fast, downhill. Prayer is where the place of choice to live in the spirit and not in the flesh happens. Jesus said in the garden, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And men became prayerless because of the dominance of the flesh. And they slept through the important affairs of God. They just slept through it. Jesus getting ready to die for man. They could not tarry not one hour. Jesus said, you know what? Your flesh is just resistant. But the spirit in you wants to rise up and be a part of kingdom things. Prayer will make you a partaker of the things of the kingdom, and it will oppress the dominance of the outward man. Prayer keeps giving us spirit, the spiritual edge. It makes us aware of what the devil is doing. Remember, Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. Most of us don't pray until temptation has already overtaken us, brought us into prison uh, shackles, and caused us to be weary in our faith. But God said, if you will pray, your eyes can be open. I will show you things that will come. I will show you where to go and where not to go. I will give you the counsel and the wisdom of heaven. But it only comes by people that are committed to pray. I don't have eloquent words. You've been here 15 minutes, you know that. I don't know much, but I've seen the victories of prayer as so many of you have in your families, over sickness, over disease, over financial needs, over impossible situations. I've seen God move, as it were, in movable mountains, change people's hearts, change their lives, and cause them to become people of the kingdom. I've seen that, and I know that you have too. So we want to make sure that we use prayer. Prayer gives us that edge that we need to protect ourselves and our families from Satan's plans. Prayer is an invitation from you and I as believers to say, God, would you help me with this? God says, yes, I will. I will help you and give you a word in due season. I will help you and bring things back to your remembrance. I will help you and make a way where there is no way. I'll take the little that you have and I'll make it much. 
I will give you favor when it looks like nobody cares. I will open doors that no man could ever open. I will shut things that you could never shut. If you'll just call upon me in the time of trouble, I will answer you. Let us not fight battles that we can't win without God. We, as people of prayer, create a basis of communication with God. Communication with God. One time I was trying to impress a banker. And I said, well, I got, I got to go and speak to the guy upstairs. I used the word man upstairs. And I got about three steps from the door I was supposed to go into. And God said, since when did I become lowered to the standard of a mere man? I felt so bad I wanted to beat that banker. It wasn't his fault anyway. But I felt so bad. But sometimes we talk like that. I hear this all the time. Well, there's nothing we can do but pray. There's nothing we can do but pray. That should be the only thing that we can do. Not the only thing we can do, it is the only thing that we must do is to invoke God to become our partner in life. Hallelujah. Praise God. All prayer is based upon our belonging to God through faith in Jesus Christ. David pronounced that when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He spoke of ownership. God owns me. I belong to him. What happens in my life expresses him to the world. The Lord is my shepherd. We as Christians must realize that we are the children of God. Amen? Let's go to John, the 16th chapter, and verse 23. Answered prayer and all of its benefits are all linked to the love that God showed us on Calvary. John 16, 23. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father, the family issue, in my name, there's only one name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Wow. God is interested in your happiness. 
These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I shall say not unto thee, and I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you. Loveth you. You know, God doesn't have one bad thing to say about us. He doesn't think one bad thing about us. Can you imagine someone being not able to think of our shortcomings? When the world is filled with people that reminisce and remind us of them. But God never thinks like that. He always believes the best. He always thinks the best. He never fails in doing what love said it would do, no matter what you are doing to short-circuit it. He loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from him. I came forth from the Father and I'm coming to the world again. I leave the world and I go unto the Father. It is every believer's right to have answered prayer based on sonship through Jesus Christ. You and I must never doubt that God is in the failing business. Never doubt that God will not uphold his word. Never doubt that God loves us. Think about who we used to be and who we are falling short to be, but striving to be. Some of the greatest moments in my life if I've had anything, any of the great successes that I've had many times come right on the tail of a great disappointment. Why does God do that? I tell God, man, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, man, you know, God, you know the guy. You know he's not worth a bit of dust in the wind. But God, I know I'm not supposed to think about that, but I just thought I'd let you know. Now, God, well, if you were in this fleshly body, you know just what I meant. But, God, I should never have thought that. I'm sorry that you caught me in that thought. I, I'm, I'm sorry that I thought those thoughts. But, God, I'm sorry. Just help me not to be me. I'm going to teach you next week how to pray divine change in your life. And sometimes I think, God, what are you going to do? And sometimes these are right on the verge of me going out on the platform in the middle of 50, 100,000 people. And I'm thinking, God, how are you ever going to use me tonight? And he says, son, 
I know what you did, but I am also deeply persuaded that you really would not have done it if you hadn't been in the place of weakness. And your weakness is swallowed up by my strength. And my love will never fail to cover your sin. You go out there tonight and you just give the devil a good kicking around on that stage and just refuse to remember the moment that you've repented of. And all through the service, the devil will be saying, God ain't going to do nothing. You remember what you did. You know what you did. You know, yes, I know what I did. But I also remember what the blood did when I prayed. And my sin is not your business. It is a family issue. And I go out there and I pray as if I am the most perfect, righteous man that has ever touched the dust of that nation. And at that moment, I am. Because my father has heard me. His love has prevailed. His blood has saved me. At that moment, I'm no more perfect than I will be on the day of my transformation into glory. And God does the miraculous. Not that I deserve it, nor that you would deserve it, but He is with us. Hallelujah. God always answers prayer when it is mixed with faith. Which means we must believe. When we pray, we must believe that God does not lie. That he's not asking for perfect people, he's asking for faith in righteousness where we are. It doesn't mean that we condone known sin, no. Most of us don't have a heart to carry sin that long. When we sin, the Holy Ghost comes, we are convicted and we turn from it. But never let your past failures ever diminish or dim the power that God has expressed in prayer by his love for us. It's the same as he had for Jesus.
Hmm. We believe. James, let's go to James 1, 3. Hallelujah. Prayer, prayer, prayer. James 1, 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any man will lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We must believe. Do not question. You question anything, question your doubts. Don't question the faithfulness of God. Don't question that God has answered. Don't let your feelings draw a battlefield that should never exist in your life. Faith has nothing to do with how you feel. Faith has everything to do with what you believe. Believe that when you pray, you receive. Everything else is an accusation and a lie against the faithfulness of a holy God. We as believers have a voice in heaven. You as believers are heard in heaven. God's eyes are upon you and his ears are open unto your prayer. I don't know how it can get any plainer. Just pray. And then stand, resist, and be faithful. We'll talk about those things next week. Praise God. Pray. It's as easy and as natural as a child talking to their parents. Just that simple. Just that simple. And even though you may feel garbled, not able to express what you really want, oh, do we have a father that can interpret. And he knows just what you're talking about. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord of glory. Jesus, Jesus, oh, we worship you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, band. Could you? Ashley, can you sing There's Something About That Name? You remember that one? 
Jesus, Jesus. You remember that one, Selah? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's nothing like that name. Devils tremble at it. Heaven bows to it. The earth surrenders to it. No matter how much they exist, that name will show up one day in the heavens. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me. Jesus, Jesus. Tonight, don't forget prayer. Jesus, you know, tomorrow my wife and I will be married 52 years. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are so thankful for God's mercy and his grace that he shed upon us. But let's sing this song as we dismiss this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, direction and leadership. Jesus, I ask you, God, to prosper them. Jesus, Keep them in all of your ways, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Father, I lose healing. I lose the 